Welcome to Tea Not Coffee, a podcast for the mature Christian woman with a focus on constant growth and fruitfulness in your natural and spiritual life. I'm your host, Brittany Smalls, and I want to say Happy New Year to each of our listeners and subscribers to the Tea Not Coffee podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for joining us for a cup of Tea Not Coffee. Of course, you're more than welcome to tune into any of our past episodes from the 2023 year, beginning specifically with the very first episode, just to give you a little foundational on the growth and expansion and purpose of Tea Not Coffee. As the first episode of the new season of Tea Not Coffee, kind of sticking with the theme of change. And as I began thinking about change, just a few takeaways off the bat is just that change is inevitable. It is sure to come. It's sure to happen. No matter how we prepare or prep for life or the changes we expect in life, it's going to happen. And sometimes it doesn't happen happen as we've planned or as we've prepared for. Also, I want to take away the fact that position now doesn't mean position later. Position then doesn't mean position now. So when I talk about position, of course, that's natural and spiritual. I like to make that very clear. So position then does not necessarily mean you'll have position now the position you were in naturally say on your job in your church the position you were in changes have taken whatever the position was that you once carried change in some way has come in and changed that i wanted to of course think on that position then does not mean position now also another takeaway in we are thinking about change is nothing prepares you for the hard parts nothing prepares you It doesn't matter how prepared you are, how grounded you are, how much you've studied or prayed or how much you've given into a particular task or how good you've been to a particular group of people or affiliations. When something hard happens in accordance to, you know, those affiliations, those groups, that's family, that job, that nothing prepares you for that. You could even say, you know, I received a warning, um, I, I had a dream about it, but as you're expecting experiencing it you don't really know how it feels until you're actually experiencing the hard part of change you don't really know what to expect from day to day until you're living it day to day and just having to roll with the punches as they say and so the third takeaway in dealing with change is nothing prepares you for the hard part there is no understanding of what it should feel like how it should go what should happen you are just living it as it's occurring and something else that I wanted to give special attention to and reference to change no matter what the change is you can't forget who you are while you're changing God is never going to require you to change into someone completely outside of who he said you are you're always going to be developing more into who he says you are never out of who God told you to be you're always continuing to grow into who he has told you to be. Even when he tacks on new gifts and new talents, that's not you just dropping the old things you've learned and, and have had a you know in your arsenal for the past 25 years. No, that means I still am this person and now I'm adding there unto. You know, I'm adding, I'm increasing, I'm growing in knowledge. So that's the fourth takeaway. You can't forget 
who you are. The fifth thing I will have you to go into the new year just as a reminder of is to encourage you, watch for God's covenant with you and not for your desires. That was a hard one for me because in watching for his covenant, in, in listening for it and looking for and in, in giving ear and attention to his voice for his covenant to be present. I realized that in the pursuit of doing the will of God, a lot of my desires became mingled as if it was God's covenant, as if it was a part of his will, as if it was a part of his direct command. And the the reality is, yes, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. This is speaking to, in the essence of change, we have to be ever so careful to remember his binding agreement with us. The thing that he's looking for, the thing that he's listening for, the thing that he's telling us, well, are you in pursuit of covenant? Or are you in pursuit of your desires? Because your desires may not necessarily always be what his covenant with you is. Yes, as you're pursuing covenant, you will also have an opportunity to have your desires met. But if you're solely going after your desires, you may not be operating within covenant. And a part of understanding and accepting change is that there is a line there that can be easily twisted and kind of brushed over till the two start to look the same. And that's not the case. All right, so point of reference here. Let's go to Exodus chapter one. Exodus chapter one, we began here with the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. Of course, this is coming out of Genesis when uh, the brothers are in Egypt and they discover Joseph is there and they want to be saved from the famine and and you, you get the story. So it goes through verses one through five tells us the name of the children of Jacob and his household. And of course, verse five, we know Joseph was already in Egypt. Now, verse six is where things began to take a change or a turn. And verse six says, then Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation. But the descendants of Israel were faithful and increased abundantly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong and the land was full of them. Now, here's the thing. That sounds like, well, it's the inevitable. You know, Joseph wasn't gonna live forever. But here we see in this particular verse, verse six, that not only did Joseph die, but of course, as we know, time does what time does. It expires on us on this side. So Joseph and all of his brothers, all that generation, they're no longer living. The descendants continued to thrive. The Bible says they were fruitful and increased abundantly. So we're looking at a prosperous people naturally, spiritually, physically. They were growing and thriving in leaps and bounds. But here's where the problem is introduced. Here's where the literal effects of change thwart everything that you're going for, right? It's like, we're doing great. We're, we're in this. And then verse eight hits you in the face. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. 
Problem number one. Joseph died at 110 years old. He was in the face of Pharaoh when he was 30 years old. He was in Egypt before, but he started serving Pharaoh at 30. Now, from 30 to 110, you mean to tell me you have no idea who I am? <laughs> and, and just by chance, you really don't know the influence that I've had on this land. You don't really know... Um, me personally, you mean you don't know my family? I mean, we got all these guys around. They're all my brothers, all of their kids, all of my kids. Like, you don't know me? And I had to sit with that verse for a minute because as we're embracing changes, there's a new change spiritually happening with our leadership, with our church leadership in the body of Christ at large. Roles and positions are being turned over and new faces are on the scene. And we have this, and I'll speak for me, I have a great appreciation for the leaders before us. For the leaders who have long come and gone, who have paved the way, who have taught us, um, some reference them as the spiritual giants. The the they they've made the spiritual hall of fame right in the book of Hebrews, just like the rest of them. You know, some are known as great agents of change and have done great works of the gospel and. This had to sit with me because the reality of it is we're in a time now where we have younger leaders who have no clue who Catherine Kuhlman was. We have younger leaders who are in position now who, you know, Corey Ten Boom, that name sounds foreign to them and they don't know Number one, who she is or why it matters. <laughs> we, we're in a time where we are experiencing a change that it makes us wonder, hmm, where are things going, Lord? <laughs> At least I've had this question. And I want to share with you all that it's okay to have those conversations with God because he will definitely speak back to you about things and how they're going and where they're going and why they're going that way. I sat with verse eight because this king, it just baffled me. You mean, I, Joseph, of all the things accomplished, of all the, the things that have been able to thrive and be built and the name of Egypt alone, you know, is now speaking thriving, prosperous, because I was able to interpret a dream. And you mean you come out of where and have no idea who I am? Ladies, that's real. Here we have the children of Israel and they are literally in a position now where, okay, this guy doesn't know Joseph. He doesn't know Dan. He doesn't know Gad. He doesn't know Reuben, Simeon. He knows none of our forefathers, right? He doesn't know Joseph. And every generation that's come before him, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. How could he not know? We don't know. But the Bible clearly states that he didn't know them. And so he takes himself and he, he looks at the children of Israel who were continuing to grow and be fruitful and be productive. And he decides, you know, this is a problem. Not only is this a problem, but we need to to solve the problem before it becomes even more of a problem. And if you read the scripture, he said to his people, behold, the Israelites are too many and too mighty for us. That means they outnumbered them both in just physical body presence and in strength. So 
In verse 10, he says, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply more and should war befall us, they join our enemies fight against us and escape out of the land. Now, here's the thing, guys. As you're listening to this, remember, change is inevitable. Position then doesn't mean position now. And nothing prepares you for the hardships that come with change. The children of Israel are about to experience a hardship that they were not prepared for. This all started under an assumption. The assumption is stated clearly in verse 10. Lest they multiply more and should war befall us, they join our enemies, fight against us, and escape out of the land. I read a few commentaries on this and I I like the way one puts it. Immigration was welcomed. Immigration, with an E, was was sternly checked. We don't mind you coming here, but if you try to leave, we we got a problem with that. And so here, this king or pharaoh was pretty much under the assumption that things would get worse if we don't put them in check. There was no scripture, no verse before this that would have given him any cause to, to believe that. Again, Joseph and all of his descendants there, or siblings rather, that generation that came, they had no issues. They were helping. They were living. They were thriving. They were one in in hand with the other, some of them. And all of a sudden, at their death, it seems as if what was once an understanding, what was once a... I won't say companionship, but I'll, I'll dare to say just just camaraderie. We, we understand who you are. You, we know you're not one of us, but we respect you as one of us. There was clear respect there. And as soon as Joseph and his descendants or his siblings passed away and the descendants were left, that goes out the window. I don't know who you are. I don't know who your spiritual parents are. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know who your pastor was. It, it doesn't matter to me that you've been working this job 27 years. This is how we're doing things now. Changes like that, nothing can prepare you for it. We can expect at some point there to be changes like that, but as you're experiencing the hard part of it, nothing prepares you for it. Even more so when you've experienced a change in the form of a loss a loss of a spouse, a loss of a child, a loss of a parent. It's difficult. Even if you were expecting the loss to take place, as you're experiencing it, as you're grieving, nothing prepares you for that. Change is inevitable. Position then doesn't mean position now. And nothing prepares you for the hard part. For the children of Israel, nothing prepared them for slavery. Nothing prepared them for the burden of being tasked to do laborious work and to be screamed at, flanked, flogged, what have you, threatened. Nothing prepares you mentally to go through some of the hard things that change can bring about. And yet we are able to endure the hard things as good soldiers unto Jesus Christ. We're able to do it. Even though it's uncomfortable, it doesn't feel good, doesn't look good, certainly isn't the best timing. If you're anything like me, I I would prefer to have a heads up, Lord. (laughs) 
but I know I'm often not getting one. Nothing prepares you for it. And then he says, so of course, let's set taskmasters, excuse me, to afflict and oppress them, burdens. And verse 12, he says, but the more he oppressed them, the more they expanded so that the Egyptians were vexed and alarmed because of the Israelites. It's like the more you do them in, it's like they just keep multiplying. And so, of course, if I'm working against you on purpose and I continue to see you thrive, that's going to upset me. I'm going to want to know what it is that's working with you. And that's and it, because I can't figure it out. I'm going to increase the label, the level of burden that I place on you. And that's basically what they did. And if we go on down to verse, I'm sorry, chapter two, where we obviously get... Moses, you know, being born and coming into the scene, Pharaoh's daughter takes care of him. And I think the thing that really sticks out for me, as I encourage you all in this season of change, in this time of change, I don't throw around time and season a lot because the Lord, you know, obviously ministered that through me in another podcast about time and season. But when we're experiencing the time of change, and changes are taking place, I'm reminded here, and it, it goes to this. After a while, there's going to come a change that will look like your relief, and it still not feel like your relief. Verse 21, actually, let's go to verse 23 of chapter 2, Exodus 2. However, after a long time, nearly 40 years the king of Egypt died and the Israelites were sighing and groaning because of the bondage. Now the king who started all the mess died. That looks like it should be your change. It looks like it should be your answered prayer. That looks like it should be your relief. And yet it was not just because the thing that caused you to be in this position is over. Doesn't mean you're out. The children of Israel, they kept crying and their cry because of slavery, it ascended to God. And God heard their sighing and groaning and he earnestly remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. He didn't answer them because of the sigh and the groaning and the complaining. He heard the sigh. He heard the groaning, but it was the covenant that he remembered. God saw the Israelites and took knowledge of them and concerned himself about them. And I began to question this. Why didn't God do something beforehand? Where was God for the 40 years when this was all going down? Before he, before he died, where were you, God? And in listening to the Lord as I was praying about it, the Lord told me I was there. But just as leadership changes, so do the people. In 40 years, guess what? Not one time did they cry out to me until the fact. He says in 40 years, while they were going through it the first 40 years, who was remembering me? He says, they had forgotten me and the covenant made. 
It wasn't until someone began to really audibly say, oh my God, where are you, Lord? Someone had to really make a sound that was able to get the attention of God. And here's the great thing as I was thinking about the essence of change and this whole process that change can can really put you in, not just spiritually, but naturally as well. If you've ever had to move, you know that's a process. And it takes on mental and physical. It becomes, and even spiritual, to be honest, it becomes a whole thing. It consumes all of you. I don't care how prepared you are to move, when you're actually having to do it, loading up the moving truck, or even if you pay someone to come do that for you, that's still a process. Because then you're trusting and hoping they're going to get all your stuff and, you know, not break your mirrors or <laughs> what have you. So even in that change, I started to to notice how in the years of their beginning of oppression, it took 40 years meaning the time until the the king died, for God to finally say, I hear you. I see you and I hear you. For them to finally say, God, where are you? 40 years? That would have been the first thing out of my mouth. But I had to think about the nature of people. As we're going through hard things, as we're dealing with the changes of life in any aspect of change, even as believers And I've had many conversations with many believers, many women especially. Our first response to the hard thing isn't to God. We're responding to the hard thing out of our our having to deal with the hard thing. And that's much like what they likely did. Oh my goodness, this new king, he's awful. He's the worst. Oh, did you see him? I can't believe he didn't know Joseph. He doesn't know my daddy. He don't know my great granddaddy. How come he doesn't know my cousin? All that we've done for these people. You hear how that could easily become the conversation because that's easily what we as people do. We begin to criticize, look, judge, pass complaint about the circumstance And before long, we're in it four or five months. And now we want to bring God into it. So God wants you guys to know he's listening for your covenant. The covenant speaks to God's delegation. That's why you have to put God in remembrance of his word. What have you said to me that I don't see happening in my life right now? What have we agreed to do and to be to one another. That's not happening. God is listening for his covenant, not necessarily your desires. Yeah, he takes into consideration your desires. Obviously, there's scripture in reference to your desires being fulfilled. But there are also scriptures in reference to his covenant. And we have to be mindful that in the changes that are happening in our personal lives, in our spiritual walk, We have to stay committed to the covenant. We can't forget who we are and we have to remember the covenant. 
truly, ladies, I want to leave you with this today. Because as we're embracing the day-by-day walk, we have to be ever so careful to remember the changes and the processes of the changes. And be okay with the fact that all change isn't good change. And all change isn't bad change. But change is simply change. As we go forward this year, episode by episode, (laughs) week by week, day by day, remember to walk on purpose, in purpose. Being fruitful and embracing who you are in God. Certainly, I pray that something that has been said today has been a blessing. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Do share this podcast with a sister in Christ if you believe it will be a blessing to their life. And as always, I look forward to having another cup of tea, not coffee with you. Join us next time where the conversation is harvested from the word and steeped in prayer.